Today is the 10-year anniversary of this show, which has been called Out of Line since 2015. We are here every Sunday morning at 8 on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights and sister station of Raiders Nation Radio. Uh, Me and social media director Spencer The Wiz Ostrovsky. Nobody beats the wind. Nobody beats the wind. We're coming to you live from Spencer's studio in Las Vegas, which is also known as the Wiz Den. And today only we will be joined, as you can see sitting next to me if you're watching it on a video, by former co-host of the Jake and Dad Show, uh, which um, debuted on September 15th of 2012 and has since morphed into what today is called Out of Line, my son Jacob. And he'll be, uh, again... Right here, man, the whole entire show, pretty cool. And uh, producing from back in the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp studio, um, the other staple of the show, Chris Magnum Chapman, who is also the locker room reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Um, And if you are new to the show, the reason we are still in different places is because the pandemic that began in March of 2020 continues to keep the majority of us at Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're working on that though, Brian. We're, we're, we're working on it. I know, I know, I know. I, I talked to you this weekend. I was going to bring that up when we got on the fair, but soon I think you'll see us in a different location. Although I honestly don't mind. This is closer to home, but again, we probably should be back where we belong. The show's also streaming on the LV Sports Network and you can watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. The page is called Out of Line. That's O-U-T-T-A-L-I-N-E. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Out of Line Fox LV. And since we are live, your calls and questions are welcome to the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp Studio line is 702-876-1340. Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time for What's on Tap. What's on Tap uh, brought to you by title sponsor, Residential Bank Corp, whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own. Residential Bank Corp is the company to turn to for all your home financing needs. Residential Bank Corp funding America one neighborhood at a time. And don't forget to ask about the new incredibly discounted payment options on move-in ready Wedgwood homes available right now all over Las Vegas. Call 702-964-5720 for details and to get information on all the home financing options available in Nevada. On Tap for today's 10-year anniversary will kick off the show with number one fill-in host Chris Wynn joining us for Nightcap. The Golden Knights are one week away from the start of preseason, and he'll stick around also to talk some UNLV football. Then a significant uh, founding member and former co-host, what then was called the Jake, Dad, and Dewey show. The Dew Man himself, Todd Dewey, will be joining the show. And for the past, uh, I think since 2017, he's been covering sports betting. Um, Dewey will join, and he'll also talk the Bones and uh, some Raiders football to help us break down week two in the NFL also. And um, then a little later in the show, one of my favorite people in the business, Cassandra Cousineau, a.k.a. the Sports Nista, who is boxing, UFC, MMA, and WN guru in Las Vegas. I'll hop, I'll hop on the show um, to talk about um, the uh, big fight last night and, of course, also the WNBA Finals Game 4 taking place today in Connecticut. And she'll break that down with us, see what it'll take to uh, win it out today instead of having to bring it back Tuesday for Game 5. And um, we'll also uh, 
be talking about the Las Vegas Aviators briefly. Uh, they're playing their final homestand of the season. If you haven't checked out a game, this is going to be your last chance over this next week. That's what's on tap. If you are looking to buy a home or refinance the home you currently own, choose a company you can trust, Residential Bank Corp. Funding America in one neighborhood at a time. Uh, call 702-964-5720 for details on all your home financing options. And um, uh, let's uh, let's kick things off right now. Get going, Jake. What's going on, man? Did you get any sleep last night? Oh, yeah. Last night I am well rested. I feel like a, a well-oiled machine here, Dad. I'm ready to go. Well, I appreciate it. I'm going to get my here, my headsets falling out. We're all over the place, but we did make it down here. And, uh, wow, I cannot believe we have been doing the show for 10 years, man. Um, Jake, it's like – I mean, I told you time flies sitting next to me 10 years ago was this 14 year old kid who loves sports would go crazy. Now it's a 24 year old man who still loves sports, but uh, not on the radio anymore. And um, we went out and got to play in an NFL grudge golf outing yesterday out at Revere Country Club. Thanks to um, Magali Fernandez and uh, the NFL players that participate in that really good time. But I've got to say, man, it beat the hell out of me. I'm barely here today. <laughs> yeah um i definitely had a lot of fun uh golf is one of those sports you you trained me well on this it's uh very humbling i think i had maybe four or five good shots total but uh those four or five good shots are gonna have me coming back to play golf again so well our, our partners tomas and uh austin aka <laughs> uh the, mr clutch or what do we call him clutch mcginty yeah clutch mcginty yeah, he, he was, he he was putting I, him next to the hole it was unbelievable right. every par three we were we were breathing down the holes uh a throat and he almost got a hole in one so that was pretty cool i wonder if they stayed for their prizes no they did and they didn't win any i don't really? know how did somebody beat that longest drive by tomas and the Jeez. closest to the pin by us i have no idea maybe they just didn't recognize their names or something son that was crazy yeah. uh mags back in studio chris probably with us for the majority of the time i think like what 2015 or 16 when you came back yeah i think uh i i, I came back from asia in april of 2016 and i think starting in june of 2016 i, I became uh Bobby Bobby Machado trained me for like two weeks on the show. I don't know why I needed two weeks, but basically since then, uh, middle of June I uh, of 2016, I, I've been in this studio every pretty much every Sunday morning. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's been it's been what six years? Crazy. Chris, it's, it's crazy. So many pictures. I send it over to Spence, and I'll try to have him running through them during the course. But, um, man, what is your, from what you can remember, your favorite memory or the, the thing that stands out most in the in the time we've been doing the show together? Well, there, there, there's been some good, and, and I'll preface by saying in that time, you, you have become one of my best friends. So, you know, I, I think sometimes things work in, in, in strange ways, you know, how 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 this business works and you know there's not a, there's not very many people in this business that I'm closer to than you so I, I appreciate that man and you know I I think some of the some of the funniest memories was I remember when we had the coconut guy in here and he brought in the coconuts for us to drink out of and he had really? the little the little straws that he was poking the hole in the coconut with um coconut I, I, Vinny. yes that guy that was that was one of the the, the funnier moments because this guy comes in dressed like panama jack uh you know if you remember one of the the indiana jones movies where the guy with the panama hat that was pretty much what he looked like um and he came in dressed like that and he had the coconuts for us that that was good stuff um you know i mean just some of the some of the guests that you've had over the years, like obviously, uh, uh, very recently Willie Galt. Um, you know, it, it's just I think aside from the show, I think one of the coolest memories that that I have as being part of the show was being out at Cashman Field for the very last Aviators home game 
And we were there when Pete Alonso sent off Cashman Field with a walk-off home run. And who would have known at the time that Pete Alonso would turn into the guy who ended up winning back-to-back home run derby championships in, in, in Major League Baseball. So, um, you know, it, it, it's 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 flown by. Uh, but, you know, it's it's been a good time, and I'm so glad to, to be a part of it. You know, I mean, I don't think anyone likes getting up early on Sunday morning, but I've always looked at it like, you know what, I get to spend the hour with you, so it's always a good time. No, Chris, it's it's been great, and as you said, we become best friends over the course of years. Uh, just uh, it, it really becomes a family type environment. We've got to do so many cool things, so many different events we've attended together, things that we've seen. I mean, it, it's hard to label what was my favorite thing over the years. I mean, getting to spend a lot of time with you in 2017, watching the inaugural seasons of the Las Vegas, uh, um, you know, the Vegas Gold Knights will be something that I'll cherish for my entire life. Uh, something none of us had seen before, will ever see again. And just so many other things that we've gotten to do. Times out at Cashman Field, Aviators Ballpark, the different, uh, how many UNLV games we've been to. Uh, you and I, during the pandemic, getting to do the pregame show for UNLV football at the brand new Allegiant Stadium with a very limited crowd allowed in the facility. Just so many things that I could go on and on about forever. But I just want to let you know, you know how much me and my son appreciate you for uh, getting it started switching it over and uh and here we still are man 10 years later it's pretty amazing the things uh that we've done you know chris spencer's rolling down the film and you know something just little things that stand out is getting the opportunity i i remember like it was yesterday interviewing bryce 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 Jazan jones and uh you know he was tragically killed in a car accident the guy you know never thought he would be an nba player he transfers around ends up at iowa state and um you know and i'm looking back and interviewing him i I remember interviewing Pat McCoff to the first game he started at UNLV and t- saying to myself, watching him on the floor and me and Jacob were talking about it and like, this guy's, this kid's got NBA ability and seeing that as a freshman, but so many things, and you've seen this game, these games and these events for so long, you start to recognize things like that. Yeah. I, 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 I think, you know, as I see some of the pictures that are, that Spencer's scrolling by, you know, I see one of, of you and Bernie Frado, who I actually got to see yesterday, I saw one of Cliff, uh, who who was a former co-host, and Cliff, a great guy. Uh, you know, he's helped me buy multiple cars. Uh, for for those who don't know, go see Cliff. Uh, he's at Centennial Toyota, so uh, he's a he's a great dude. But uh, you know, it, it, it's 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 funny as I'm looking at some of these pics. I see Jake in this picture, and he looks like he's like 13 in that picture. And now I I see him next year. He he kind of has a he he looks more of a man than you, Brian. Uh, seriously, it's, it's crazy how things have changed. And I remember all these things, you know, seeing Steve Elford and interviewing Lonzo Ball in the locker room, just so many things you get the opportunity to do in this. And and and, and for me, so blessed to work with not just my son for a couple of years and give something an opportunity. Me and Jake, you know, we don't talk about it a great deal today. It comes up every now and again, but something over the years and as time goes by, I'm sure we'll cherish these memories and see him. And, you know, just the different things you see Frank Harnish up there, Chris, uh, you know, getting the opportunity opportunity to work with Frank and Mark Davis got a chance to meet him before he ever coached the Raiders. I'm just watching this and it's so cool. Remember the kids from uh, Chris up there, you and I break yeah. with the, the the kids from basic high school. Couple, they a couple of those kids are uh, playing in the minors today, right? Yeah. Well, well, you know, Jack Thomas Wald is, he had a hell of a career at UNLV and Roger Riley just retired from playing in Canada. He was playing college ball in Canada. He just played his last game like about three months ago or two months ago. I saw that, but just so many different 
things as you see the times going by. There's me and the kids uh, at at a LA Dodgers game, and yeah, I'm just uh, floored. Let's uh, let's move on. I want to bring it in, and we'll talk about Sp- we'll have Spencer on in a little bit, but uh, let's move on. Bring Chris Wynn in on the show. Uh, one of my very dear friends, another guy that I've gotten the opportunity over the years to meet, a fellow Michigander, and uh, just one of the great guys. You can't miss Chris. I I joke around. I, I say, where's Waldo? Because all you got to do is turn on Las Vegas radio somewhere and you, you can't get through a couple of days without seeing Chris Wynn. Chris, I didn't invite the fly with you. Get him off your nose so you can join yeah, the show. But how I you try to be smooth friend? about it. I tried to be smooth, my friend. <laughs> uh, Brian, Jake, and Mags, and uh, Spence, it's been great to get a chance to join you guys here on the 10th anniversary show. It's been uh, great listening to those stories, by the way, at the top of the show. And I, I have you know plenty of my memories that uh, I've been able to do over the show. Obviously, I met you guys working at Lotus Broadcasting for a number of years, starting back in, two, for me, 2000, about 2011, 2012, and getting a chance to do this show has, has, been, a, has been a great uh, thrill for me. Uh, to piggyback what you're saying, Brian, about uh, you know the opportunity to see the Vegas Golden Knights be the first franchise, right? Hey, before you say that, Chris, stop there. right there. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have Spencer play. Go ahead and hit it, Spencer. We might as well get right into nightcap right now. Go okay. ahead. Yeah. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here. The puck dust part here. And it's funny, you know, when we put up that graphic, Chris, that was initially the first year of the team. And you look at the yeah. players on the graphic, Shea Theodore, William Carlson, and Marc-Andre Fleur, two of them still here. And that's two of a handful. That's it that's left. But as you were about to talk about that run that we got to witness, Chris, being from Detroit, which is, of course, dubbed Hockey Town, this, for guys like you and I, was beyond special. No question about it, right? And during the run of this show, out of line, right, there has been so many just historic moments here in Las Vegas regarding sports. And that was one of them, was getting, you know, the NHL franchise here in Vegas and, and all of us wondering, you know, is hockey going to work in this town? How's it going to work? And, and Brian, as you pointed out, we, we being Michiganders and fans of the Detroit Red Wings for so long, that was one of the moments I really cherished was that that very first game at T-Mobile Arena. You and I were actually sitting together and got a chance to see our Detroit Red Wings play against the Vegas Golden Knights at T-Mobile Arena. That was that was really cool for me, and I'm sure for you, us growing up, going to the the old Olympia as well as Joe Louis Arena and seeing you know one of the premier franchises in the NHL. Quite frankly, uh, as as youngsters, as kids, and growing up, and uh, now you know at that, later on in our lives, getting a chance to be here in Vegas. And uh, you've been here a little bit longer than I have. I've been here for you know 20 years now at this point, but. And that was really cool for me was that opportunity to just kind of see the NHL come here to Las Vegas. But you, you, you talked about it. There's so many, you and Mags and, and, and Jay talked about it. There's been so many moments from obviously, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders coming here. Now the Las Vegas Aces are here, a WNBA franchise. And of course the Las Vegas Raiders are going to be, you know, that's, it's a, one of the marquee franchises in the NFL. And that's just kind of, kind of take over and, and continue the wave of Las Vegas sports coming here. And then it's just a matter of time before the NBA and uh, possibly Major League Baseball comes as well, too. So, I mean, it really is just a, just a uh, it, it's just a historic time, really, when it comes to sports in Las Vegas. And it's been really cool to be a part of this show when all of this kind of uh, engulfs on the Las Vegas Valley. 
Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be interesting when the census is completed probably next year that they started in 2020 because they hadn't done a proper census on the population in Las Vegas since 2000. And now you see, well, that's the reason sports franchises come to a town. You have to have a certain um, amount of people that live in that town. And Las Vegas now is equipped to have uh, all four major professional male franchises here, which I think we'll see over the next uh, five to seven years. You'll see the NBA and, and MLB both in Las Vegas. I can almost put a stand on that one but yeah it's been it has been completely magical and the vegas golden knights run especially in the wake of what happened october 11th of 2017 was nothing store short of miraculous to have them do that run and really um to be in the community and watch it bond the way that it did vegas has been a different place since that time and it, it's been really cool to watch this community come together uh like no other uh chris talking about the uh vegas golden knights and i'll bring jake in on the conversation to one of the things they have every year it's a you know it is this um the rookie the, kind of the rookie tournament that they have that goes on and it's the face off the rookie face off tournament started on friday and right off the get-go it looks like the the vegas Golden knights might have another ryan reeves in the making down there a, as a rookie uh that guy you kind of knew joe fleming and i'm sure chris chapman's back in the studio chopping at the bit to talk about this too but this guy's a tough kid man over six feet tall like 210 pounds and he loves to mix it up and I mean he wasn't on the ice for very long at all and the gloves are on the ice and I think that's something Vegas Golden Knights fans probably enjoy seeing because they, they haven't seen that since more or less since Ryan Reeves departed well there's no question right that NHL teams to be successful you need those types of guys right on your team there's no doubt look we all understand you got to have guys that can put the puck in the back of the net you got to have guys that are back on the blue line that can uh that can hold down your team from a defensive standpoint. And you got to have guys between the pipes. And that's something that I'm sure that we can talk, we're going to be talking about all season long, right? Is the goaltending situation in Vegas. But no doubt when you see a young player like that, that can, uh, that can mix things up a little bit, but also maybe, maybe have potential to do other things on the ice that, that gets the uh, hockey fans excited. And I'm sure VGK fans here in Vegas will be, uh, will be chopping at the bit uh, much like Mags, I'm sure is to talk about this guy. But uh, the fans here in Vegas will also like him when he no actually question. does arrive and start playing actual minutes here in Vegas for the Golden Knights. Hey, he's a young kid. He's 19 years old. Chris, uh, yeah. Joe Fleming, all I heard about the kid is he's a defenseman and he's tough as nails. And uh, it shows up right away in the first game. Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. It, it's like you, you don't really know what to expect when when you get to these rookie games and you have the the the, the development camps and stuff like that. But uh, you know, it, it, it's certainly been a, an, an interesting couple of days for for the Golden Knights uh, up in San Jose. Uh, Brendan Brisson looking like he he wants to really make a push to make this roster, and certainly the big boys not too far away, Brian, and we'll get some some. Uh, some other tough guys like Keegan Colasar in, in in camp, but yeah, as far as Joe Fleming, I think he's certainly a guy who who he'll probably end up back in juniors, and um, you know maybe we'll see him pretty soon in Henderson. You you don't know uh, what the plan is for the future with this team and 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 the way that they have have an idea to develop guys. But I think the sooner you get a guy like here, the the, the one advantage to having a team in Henderson is the sooner you get guys like him here, the sooner you could they, they become fan favorites because. A lot of people will, will go to both Golden Knight and Henderson Silver Knight games, or some people can't afford to go to a lot of Golden Knight games, so they may buy season tickets for the Silver Knights, or maybe they just go to one or two games a year. But 
it's always good to have a, a, a minor league franchise extremely close to uh, your, your your major sports franchise because it allows fans to to, to find players, watch players, and 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 root for them to make the 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 the, uh, the NHL, and then you, you you can go out and buy their jersey. And certainly, I think having guys like him here sooner rather than later, it it develops that relationship with fans a little bit more and a little bit stronger. No, it does, and you know it's it's really cool when you see that. Um, and I saw it last year. You go to a game at um, you know in Henderson at uh, the, the Dollar Center Arena. You go there, uh, Dollar Loan Center Arena. You go there, and then uh, the next night you see Logan Thompson playing at at T-Mobile in back-to-back nights. It's pretty amazing when you see stuff like that, and that's the opportunity when you do have the the minor league team in your hometown. You have an opportunity to see a guy play for you know literally a, a completely different level in two different nights and uh, and you watch players develop which is really cool N- no question about it uh real quickly guys golden knights as you mentioned chris next week they start the preseason actually one week from today it's that soon it's around the corner they'll play the reigning stanley cup champion colorado avalanche in that game one jacob how excited are you i mean we haven't we you know by the time the vegas golden knights got to vegas you and i were already done with doing the jake and dad show the show had changed to out of line you kind of missed out on that but we've talked about it many times you saw it you've been to red wings games with me in detroit how cool was it for you well, that I haven't just missed out on the Vegas Golden Knights. I uh, definitely missed out on the Raiders coming into town as well, and also now the the Las Vegas Aces. Um, so that kind of dawns on me a little bit. But uh, um, resorting back to just being excited about the Golden Knights, it's it's fun to experience that atmosphere being a fan. Um, it's it, it was a lot different being part of the media because I wasn't able to really. Um, enjoy it, I think, as much as I would like to. Of course, media gets different uh, credentials um, that they have to abide to, and it, it's just different being a part of the media, especially me being such a young a young kid at the time in the locker room with uh, just all sorts of different professional athletes to being a fan. It lets me uh, kind of let loose a little bit, and I can, I can have a little bit more fun, but... Um, just coming from Detroit, I, I still remember that culture for sure and, and being a, a big hockey uh, fan growing up. And I, when we go to Detroit and we tell our, our family that we're Vegas Golden Knight fans as well, they kind of give us a lot of crap for it. But, um, you know, we can't help it. We're we I especially me. I grew up here in Vegas, so um, I can't say that I like the Knights more than the, the Red Wings. But it's definitely fun having this atmosphere here in in Vegas, especially just being a sports uh, fanatic myself. No, it's been incredibly cool. And this year, and the Knights are really geared up. This team, if if they can get the things handled between the pipes and they can stay healthy this season, the Vegas Golden Knights are in paper really are almost as good as any team in the National Hockey League. So that should be a lot of fun. Real quick, Jake, before we get on, I want to talk with uh, Chris uh, and you about uh, UNLV football. But before we jump yeah. out of that, I just want to ask you, you know, so many memories of things you, what is one of the coolest things you got to do when you were covering this? Because I remember us sitting next to Chumley at basketball games, and you just had your mouth open. Us meeting Kid Rock at uh, at at NASCAR, which was pretty pretty amazing. All the players, I remember you conducting your first interviews. But you got to see and spend a lot of time and meet a lot of people. NBA Summer League. What's the coolest thing you got to do? You know, I think uh, I, I was kind of resorting to this or thinking about this when we were talking about the Aviators. But for me. Um, I just think it's the coolest thing that I was a young kid and I was standing next to a young Jacob deGrom before anybody had any idea about 
the talent that this man had. I was sitting next to Noah Syndergaard and Travis Giarnad, who just won a World Series with the Braves. And it's uh, it's crazy because you never really know. And that's what I was that's what I was thinking about when I was listening to you guys talk about Joe Fleming. Um, it, it's crazy to see these kids and I, I say kids I'm only 24 but it's crazy to see these younger these kids a little bit younger than me uh trying to make a name for themselves and you re we really just have no idea of what they're going to blow up to and become and that's what's that's what's been so cool to me is just watching Jacob deGrom and Noah Syndergaard even though you know he's not really having the best season this year but uh Jacob deGrom is you know one of the best pitchers in baseball and that's that's just so cool to watch it you know I saw him come in playing for the 51s at the time it wasn't even the aviators and now he's just completely dominating and one of the best pitchers in baseball What's for the crazy New York is at that time it was Noah Syndergaard it was Zach Wheeler Jacob DeGrom was kind of the afterthought yeah those he wasn't guys. even the guy and then next thing you know he just blows up I remember when Michael Conforto came down here Jake and uh you know and and after he had just gone to the World Series and played well and then the next year here we see him down at the 51s and he was here for almost the whole summer we talked to him the night before he got called back up to the Mets, never came back down. And all we said is lay off the low inside slider, man. He did, and uh, he's been a Major League Baseball player ever since. Those kind of things are great stories, real cool. We are running a little bit low on time. I want to get to this with Chris. Uh, Chris, um, I know you, you got to check out the UNLV football game yesterday. Magnum spotted for him at the Legion Stadium. I, for the first time in ages, missed a game because I had an obligation to play in the NFL grudge match, which Jake and I did yesterday out at Revere, which was great, but um, UNLV, I thought, from what I saw, and I did listen to as much of the game as I could, our former co-host, Caleb Herring, who really was bummed he couldn't beat her today. He's got a 9-to-5 job, as we know, with Metro. He couldn't join us today, but, um, you know, said unbelievable game for them. This was a team that people, even though UNLV was favored in the game, People, a lot of people, Chris, based on history, was saying this North Te North Texas team is a good defensive squad, and they could beat UNLV. UNLV put to rest any of those talks and really opened up a can of whoop ass yesterday. No question, right, Brian? It was recent history that people were basing their opinion on, and it was justified. Let's be quite honest about it. Look, you have a close loss on the road to a, a Cal team that just isn't very good. And, uh, the, you know, so their expectations were, look, you got to come back and right the ship and uh, pick up the second one of the season. That's exactly what they did a little bit. And Mags can attest to this a little bit of back and forth there in the first half. Both offenses were able to kind of get things going uh, a little bit. And then in the second half, UNLV just took over and was just absolutely explosive across the board. Doug Brumfeld had an impressive game. Uh, the guy going out there rushed the first quarterback, what, what since uh, Armani Rogers. I believe back in 2016 or 2017 to uh, rush for 100 yards and pass for over 200 yards. He had a bunch of long touchdown passes. The UNLV running game was just simply outstanding. It was just, it was un, it was unreal, particularly in the second half. And UNLV just had a number of big time plays from an offensive standpoint in the game yesterday. So uh, very impressive for Marcus Arroyo and his team to get things done in that way, in that shape and form against uh, the Mean Green from North Texas. So now you've already got there. Look, you guys go on social media. You go, you go on Twitter. Now you've got people in the media in Vegas and uh, people specifically that work there at Lotus talking about, uh, you know, setting a blueprint for UNLV to be bowl bound come the end of the season. So that's a, that's the kind of, that's the kind of optimism that has been built up in Las Vegas yeah. for this UNLV football squad 
after the two and one start that I'll, they've had. I'll add this to, to, to that, Chris. Notre Dame, well, maybe UNLV will when they go there as well. You know, I don't know about a bull yeah. talk and all that stuff, Chris. What I do know about <laughs> is Doug Brumfield, definitely a career day yesterday. Many more days like that with his size and stature, if he can throw a ball accurate, he'll actually get some 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 looks from the NFL. You know, I mean, and that is way overblown right now to say, but you're talking about a guy that's 6'4", 6'5", he has the body and the build. Like I said, if he has the arm strength and the presence, you rush for 100 yards, you pass for 200 yards, accumulate four touchdowns, and you do that on a regular basis, you're going to get noticed. And how about a kid? You know, you talk about a running back. Everyone was worried about replacing Charles Williams, you know, last year, the staple yeah. at the running game for UNLV. They're running by committee, but, Mao, Aiden Robbins really took a step forward yeah. to be the guy you say. 227 yards and three touchdowns he accumulated yesterday. Chris, that is really impressive. And I want to ask Mags real quick about that. Uh, Mags, you were there also yesterday. What did you see? And it's got to be in about 60 seconds, but with yeah. this UNLTV team, and what do you expect going forward? Well, I think so I'll answer that last question first. I think next week it's one game at a time. But I think Utah State certainly now becomes a very winnable game when you look at what they've done the first three weeks of the season. Now they are coming off a bye uh, they're they're going to have a sour taste in their mouth because they were absolutely humiliated by Weber State at home in their last game. But I will say this about Doug Brumfield. I've been around UNLV football for 23 years, and and I know I, I, I know I may get some flack for this, but Doug Brumfield is the most complete quarterback I've seen at UNLV since Jason Thomas. And I will say this as well. I think he's the smartest quarterback I've ever seen play for UNLV because the decisions he makes and when he makes them, Brian, it's it's uncanny. The guy, the guy's football IQ is off the charts. When you watch him play, he doesn't make any bad throws. I think he was like 16 for 19 yesterday, or, or I'm sorry, 13 for 18 or 13 for 19. There were three drops. So, I mean, he's not making a lot of bad throws. The other thing, a, a, a crucial moment in that game yesterday was right before the half. North Texas had the ball first and goal at the two-yard line with an opportunity to score a touchdown and take the lead heading into the locker room. UNLV defense stood stood firm and held North Texas to a field goal. Then they came out and they got the turnover to start the second half. UNLV went right down the field and scored. The game was pretty much over at that point. And, you know, the Rebel defense is a bit bend, don't break. They're going to need to get better if this team is going to make a bowl game. But, Brian offensively, this is the most entertaining team I think I've ever seen at UNLV, and that's saying something because there have been some pretty fun offenses, but this one, with Doug Brumfield at the helm, this team ha ha has some real serious opportunities ahead of them. Oh, I, I agree 100%, and that's why I say, Chris, that football IQ mixed with everything else, the kid's still young, there is an opportunity, and I think there will be an opportunity potentially at the next level. And it's wild to say that about a UNLV quarterback, but I am. Chris, I'm going to let you go, but I want, I, want to, I want to say to you, I really appreciate everything. And one of my greatest memories, Chris, and we put it in there, you and I yeah. out at, uh, I, it was Cash, was it Cashman Field or was it um, at Las Vegas Ballpark? I think it was Cashman Field. Maybe It, it was, was Cashman Las Field, yeah. Yeah, what, it was Cashman where, Field. Where yeah. You and I got a chance to talk with Chris Bryant's dad on the yeah. field. And mm -hmm. that was really cool to see a man. Like, I, I have a ton of pride for the kid sitting next to me, you know, being a father. And to see that in another guy and, like, beaming, you know, to have his kid reach the pinnacle of what he chose to do in his life was a really cool experience. It's just one of many I've gotten to share with you over the years, Chris. No question about it. that was a lot of fun. And look, it's I know we don't have a lot of time, but there was a lot of great memories, too, from summer league guys getting a chance oh, yeah. to meet, you know, because you get a chance to meet a lot of your uh, uh, 
athletes that you admired sure. growing up because it's 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 up close and personal and it's you know and it's the it's the nba so i mean these guys love coming to vegas and we get a chance like for brian and myself being michigan state guys i mean i got a chance to sit down with with uh, the flintstones from the 2000 national championship michigan state team right and 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 players like that, former Detroit Pistons, that uh, we grew up watching as well too. So that that's another memory that I have uh, that from doing this show. That uh, that absolutely is a tie-in and is uh, it makes Las Vegas special to me. No doubt, this show changed my opinion of Bill Lambeer. You remember my old story? <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So uh, yeah. we'll talk about that later. Again, he is Chris Wynn at Christian Wynn. You can find him on Twitter, and you can hear him all over Las Vegas radio. Appreciate you very much, my friend. I know I'll be seeing you real soon. No question. Have a good Sunday, guys, and enjoy yourselves, and have a great rest of your show. We sure will. Let's bring in Todd Dewey now, if you can, uh, with the Spence, uh, the Dew Man, who we haven't seen in a while. Man, the last time uh, we, I think we had the Dew Man on the show, I think we've had you once on since we ended the Jake Dad and Dewey show, but that's about it, man. You look the exact same. Dude, do you age? <laughs> I definitely put on weight. No. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Good seeing you again. What happened to Jake? I don't see him anymore. Yeah, I know. Oh, right? he's like 30. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, Todd Dewey with the Review Journal for years. I uh, met Todd in the press box at Cashman Field talking about that when Todd was handling the uh, the Las Vegas uh, 51s beat. Todd also, the Wranglers, uh, UNLV. You've been, you've, you've circumf- kind of circumvented the entire Review Journal in the sports department. Right now, Todd, uh, the sports betting guru over there, man, he handled it, covers sports betting in Las Vegas, which is probably the biggest subject always in Las Vegas. Are you enjoying this more, Todd, than the other the other assignments in the past? Yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, like you said, I've covered just about everything that has gone on in town here over the last 20 years or so. Um, but, yeah, I've always uh, been a fan of uh, the action and sports betting. And so it's been really fun covering that as it's exploded across the country. But, of course, Las Vegas is still the epicenter, capital of sports betting. I've been doing that the last five years is strictly covering sports betting. And, and yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I like uh, covering all the crazy bad beats, uh, the crazy parlays that hit and big bets and just how the lines go up and down and, and, and just all the action. It's a lot of fun to cover. Do you understand it a lot more now, really having to look at sharps and, and amateurs at betting? Does, it, does, it, does things start to make more sense? Yeah, you definitely get some uh, more insights uh, from uh, these odds makers and professional bettors than you do as a you know regular recreational better like I've always been. Uh, you know, like most of the times, most bettors will look at what happened last week, like in week one, for instance, uh, like say the Seahawks beating the Broncos and the Niners lose to the Bears, so naturally you think, hey, then now those Seahawks are getting nine and a half at the Niners. That's an easy winner. But, you know, some sharp bettors will look at the other side. Okay, well, the Niners going to bounce back now. The weather was terrible in Chicago last week. Seattle's coming off an emotional win and a short week. Of course, now that I say that, the Seahawks will probably beat the Niners. But that's the thing, too. But that's the way they look at it. You know, they – they look more at a team that's coming off a loss and is going to bounce back rather than uh, the public might think, you know, the team's just going to lose again and they stink now because they just got beat last week. So there's definitely different ways of looking at it. And of course, to them, it just comes down to the number really uh, more than the team. 
you know, they bet numbers more than actual teams. Uh, it, it, it is exciting. And, and, and I can say I've learned a lot. I just stay away from betting. What I've learned is most of the time, since I'm not a sharp, I can't pick my nose with a back scratcher when it comes to sports betting. I can talk about sports all day long, but I tell people, you know, if I'm not betting on the game, maybe listen to me. The minute I start betting on the game, we overanalyze it. I think, wow, I know so much when really I know absolutely nothing. And that's what I learn every time I go to put a bet down. But Todd, you know, we got to do some pretty cool things and, and me and Jake have always appreciated so much. You, you, you've taken your time out, volunteering your time to join the show with us and help get it to where it is now. I can't believe 10 years, but when you talk about time flies, you told me how old, old your daughter was. She was a little baby the last time I saw her. But speaking of that, one of the coolest things I've gotten to do since I've been doing this, and you know, as small as what we do is, um, it can be really big at times. And the time we got to go to the hospital, Todd, if you remember, and to visit Amazing Gracie with the brain, to, and we got to go in there, you know, it really puts perspective on everything in life. You know, you being a father, me being a father, and you realize how very blessed we actually are. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's one of the most special things about your show that it was you and Jake, you know, like 10 years ago, like hard to believe it was so cool having a father and a son deal on the radio and great to see that you're still doing it there, Jake guys out on the golf course and still close and just able to share all this with your son. And yeah, that was super special going to the hospital to visit that little girl and um, just all the, the family stuff. And the most special thing though, is probably the, no, I'm sorry. Of course it was the little girl, but I, I was going to, uh, I was going to segue into the Victorino and the the Tigers, Red Sox things, but you're showing up <laughs> the pictures of this girl. Yeah. I mean, obviously that puts it in perspective. This is just all fun and games. They call the, the sports page, you know, the toy department of the newspaper. It's all fun and games, and that's why I wanted to, to do it. I want to really report on all the tough stuff. I wanted to have some fun. But, yeah, this is what it's all about, you know, uh, family and, and this, this little girl trying to trying to help others in the community and uh, take care of everybody, you know, as a big family. Jeez, that like unlocked a memory for me. I wasn't that, that was something that uh, definitely was st stood out a lot. And I did, didn't even I didn't even really cross my mind until we just saw those pictures. Yeah, it, it brings it brings it back, and you know, and and again, what was cool is it was amazing to me is you know I got to meet her father, and he said it would be so nice if you know you guys could come into the hospital and just uh, cheer her up, and I'm like you know who the hell are we? But just to get to ask to do something like that was so incredibly humbling, and again, like I said, all I felt when I left there was of course just tremendous sadness for them. Although amazing Gracie's doing great, Todd, she's a she's a growing up little girl and she's healthy, and it's it's like the coolest thing ever. But just to be little part of that and get to share it with you guys two people that are friends of mine that i cared about i really really enjoyed that day and it will it will kind of live forever and uh just so many times out at different ball games and things that we've gotten to do just really really cool todd real quick talking about this you know since you've been on the show look what has happened in las vegas we've got a hockey team we've got a baseball team or excuse me we've got a football team and we've got a a women's basketball team that's on the brink of giving Las Vegas its first, you know, professional sports championship at the highest level. Um, man, how cool is this? Yeah, it's amazing. You know, you drive by, you see Allegiant Stadium and T-Mobile Arena has been there for a while now. And uh, yeah, it's it's incredible. You know, it went so quick from when uh, Major League Sports wanted nothing to do with Las Vegas because of gambling. And now they've embraced that. 
And we have NFL, NHL, like you said, the WNBA team ready to to win it all and uh, well, one game away from winning it all. I don't want to jinx them there. But, yeah, then I'm sure in, in time, uh, the you know, they're NBA ready at the T-Mobile Arena and the A's are talking about coming here. So I'm sure we're going to have all four major league sports at one time. So the entertainment capital of the world, also big major league sports city. And, you know, and what, the, the NCAA tournament and – yeah, the Super Bowl, of course, just the, the top uh, events in the world. It's incredible. So, so many, so many things going on in Las Vegas. And again, as you said, things on the horizon. It's just, it's really, really cool. Of course, Todd, talking with Todd Dewey, uh, covers sports betting for the Las Vegas Review Journal many years there and former co host of the Jake Dad and Dewey Show, part joining us for our 10 year reunion show today. And I should say a 10 year anniversary show. Um, Todd, really quickly with the Raiders, tell me about today's line on the Raiders, why it's that way. And one of the most curious things uh, in wrapping it up with you today, one of the cur things I'm curious about is the Raiders being plus 1,400 at the beginning of the season to win the Super Bowl. And the Broncos, far better odds than that. That was a little bit surprising to me. Uh, just because Russell Wilson went to the Broncos, all of a sudden it puts them ahead of a team that went to the playoffs last year and probably played Cincinnati as well as anybody other than the Rams in the postseason. Well, I guess they figured the Broncos had a more complete team with a better defense. The Raiders' defense has always been the big question mark. And with Russell Wilson in there, uh, gave them the missing piece, they think, since – for the first time since Peyton Manning left, but that's a perception. And, you know, as good as the Raiders, uh, the moves they've made in the off season, they're still the fourth choice in the AFC West with the chiefs Chargers, and Broncos ahead of them there. But as far as uh, the line on today's game uh, goes, it, it opened at one in the off season the Raiders won over Arizona. Then it reopened on Monday at three and a half over the, Arizona Cardinals, and then it went up to five and a half on Monday after sharp action, a really sharp group in town uh, bet on the Raiders and caused that line to go up to five and a half and as much as six. And Todd, um, real quick to interrupt you, how much of, of a bet, how much betting has to take place for a line to literally move two and a half points from three and a half up to six points? That is a significant amount of money being put on one side. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because the public uh, always will outweigh, you know, the masses of people betting will outweigh the money put down by the sharp bettors. But the sharp bettors still control the line more, where the books will shade the line more to what the sharp bettors. They want to be on the same side as the sharp bettors, even if there's more money, uh, you know, from uh, even if there's more tickets from the public. So I don't, I don't know an actual dollar amount, but it's kind of, you know, they just want to be on the same side as the Sharps. But but that but that number went up there but because the Sharps group went down on the Raiders. And uh, it's mostly because, you know, the Raiders are a desperate team for a win today. If they fall to 0-2, actually 12 of 125 teams since 2007 that started 0-2 don't make the playoffs. And even after expanding to 14 teams the last two years, uh, I think there are 0-18 teams that started 0-2 have not made the playoffs. So, you know, both teams are desperate for a win, but the Raiders being at home with all their weapons and they, you know, they, despite three turnovers and the sacks by Derek Carr last week, they still were in position to drive down for a winning score against the Chargers a very good team. And uh, on the flip side, the Cardinals, 
obviously got crushed by the Kansas City Chiefs, 44-21, showed no resistance in that one. Kyler Murray just had a couple touchdown passes and garbage time in the fourth quarter, and they're dealing with a lot of injuries, especially to the receiving core with Rondell Moore and DeAndre Hopkins being out. So that's why they think the Raiders are the play today. Yeah, I like the Raiders play today. I, I thought somewhere Mattress Max stuck in, snuck in a $2 million <laughs> bet again when I saw the line jump like that. I'm like, what the hell was that? But thanks for explaining that to me. Uh, finally, Todd, who do you like today and why? Because like I said, I really like the Raiders based on watching Arizona Cardinals last week. That was a dumpster fire there. Their defense looked really, really bad. And uh, Kyler Murray looks like he's picking up where he ended last year. Maybe he should do some homework. Yeah, the defense needs to join him in study hall. And uh, I took the Raiders, but, you know, the sharp money was at three and a half. It's gone up to five and a half or or up to six even. So uh, hopefully we don't get caught in the middle there following the money and and they win by a touchdown or more. I I like a couple teams to bounce back. Like I mentioned, the Niners to bounce back at home over the Seahawks and uh, the Packers to bounce back over the Bears, I saw a crazy stat that the Packers have covered 14 straight games after a straight-up loss. I know that the Packers are uh, short on receivers, too, but um, looking at those two to bounce back and also I'm going to hold my nose and take the Jaguars at home against the Colts, who they've beaten seven straight times at home. And the Saints have uh, owned the Tampa Bay in the regular season, uh, winning winning, uh, seven straight regular season meetings and uh, all four against Brady in the regular season. So we'll see how that goes. I don't know about the Patriots though. They're looking a bit rough this season. Although I think the Sharps are on the Pats at the Steelers without TJ Watt. That's going to be interesting. I don't know if Matt Jones is the guy or what you think of him. And that's going to be a conversation for another show as we do got to move on. But I got, I got to tell you, I, I agree with most of what you said. And when it comes to the Raiders this year, again, to me, the biggest question is going to be, this team's going to go as the offensive line and the defensive secondary goes. I think those are the two biggest question marks about the Raiders this year. Uh, Alex Leatherwood never turning into the guy that they'd hoped he'd be when they picked him with a mid first round pick a couple of years ago. We'll see if they can, if they can find a way to shore that up, but, um, I still like the Raiders. Even if I had to give up six points, I would take them. I just think Arizona looks like a team that is in disarray right now and really needs to find a way to circle the wagons and get things back. He is Todd Dewey, Review Journal. You can see me cover sports betting uh, for many, many years. Former host of the Jake Dad and Dewey Show. Todd, man, appreciate you joining the show. We will definitely have you on again in the near future. Thanks, my friend. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy anniversary. Good seeing you again. Great right, seeing Todd. you as well. We'll jump right into Cassandra Cousineau if she's with us. Uh, way late. We're keeping the sports nista waiting. Who, hey. a late night, another late night. A lot of Saturday night <laughs> nights are late night for you, Cassandra, because, uh, yes, hey, you sir. cover fighting in Las Vegas, and fights usually happen on Saturday nights. They do, and I am up actually preparing for my son's 10th birthday party. I got, like, all these games. Oh, look at I'm that. trying to get together. I got an ice cream truck. I got. I've been up. I've been up. You, you've been. You've been going. Happy uh, birthday to your son, first and foremost. And uh, Canelo Triple G Part Three lived up to the billing, and we for once didn't have. Although I hear there was a little bit of a uh, scoring questioning, but for the most part, we did not have judge what people would term as judging errors. And in uh, uh, the last fight, my God, to say. 
there was a judging error might be the understatement of the century. One of the judges that was sitting there, I think like it almost was proof that men in black existed because there was an alien in her body. And I think by saying her, we all know who I'm speaking about, Miss Bird. Yeah. But uh, my God in heaven, no one will forget that. But this one didn't have that controversy. When you look at the amount of punches thrown and landed, the first round was indicative of the rest of the fight uh, where you just saw Canelo coming out and taking the lead and he never relinquished it. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. Um, they tried it. They they definitely tried it. Uh, there were two cards that were 115-113, which gave Gennady five rounds. And if, there were one, if they had given him one more round, we would have had a draw. And that would have been preposterous. They would have destroyed the arena. Very pro-Canelo crowd in there. Um, but at the very beginning canelo came out pressuring gennady using speed um kind of those winging hooks that he's he's uh, famous for and also he invested in the body and what we saw as i said listen a guy can get a guy can definitely get older in four years between the time that they met the last and uh and saturday night gennady was slower um and what what i have observed with aging fighters 40 is old as a fighter. It ain't old, old in real life, but I'm definitely old as a fighter. But they become more patient. And patient means they're picking their spot. Speed isn't there. You can't pick your spots against a guy that's in his prime and not trying to knock your head off from the first round. He picked up a couple of late rounds. I gave him three at best. It could have been argued that Kellen won 11 rounds. No, I was going to say, there's no question about it. You see aging fighters. Um, I won't say that George Foreman was a better fighter in his 40s than he was in his 20s and 30s, but you talk about wisdom. You could see it every time George Foreman. He was so reserved, and he understood his body, what he could endure, and what he could dish out, as well as anyone I've ever seen, and I'll never forget that. And this was a man in his upper 40s. So to say that mm -hmm. the Triple G's over the hill at 40, no, 40 is old for any professional athlete. Right. But again, we have seen fighters have success uh, when they breach their 40th birthday. But I think this was a telltale sign to Triple G that he has slowed down a little bit, and maybe it's time to exit stage left. He said he wants to go back down to 160. So he wants to go to 160. Canelo wants to go to 170. I actually think it's a mistake on both of their behalves uh, to do so. Canelo made somewhere in the 60 plus million dollar mark for that fight last night. Gennady made somewhere upwards of $40 million for that fight last night. Canelo brings all the milkshakes to the yard. You fight Canelo, you're gonna make a lot of money. Why not just take that and hang out on the side of a beach somewhere? Enjoy your life. They've done something very dangerous, taken many risks with their lives, not just last night, but every fight leading up to that. And there has to be a strategy um, after that. And I understand that the heart of a fire is to go out on your own terms, but sometimes the universe is trying to tell you there's all the terms here to consider. So uh, I don't know. I, we're going to see them back. We're going to see, we're gonna see both we'll of them We'll see back. them both back. And, you know, I think there's something to it. It's almost like a runner. There's some type of endorphin that goes off in your brain when you fight that there's this desire to get hit that you missed. Just like you see runners. Yeah. They look like after at the end of a marathon, I mean, they look like they just were tortured and miserable, and yet they can't <laughs> wait to do it again. I've never yeah. understood either sport when it comes to the endorphins of loving to do it and to wanting to do it maybe well beyond your prime. But those two sports seem to do something to people 
people that not only don't I understand, I have no desire to ever understand. So yeah, real quickly, they look Cassandra, like 10 pounds of hamburger meat at the end. Yes, you know? <laughs> Once again, Cassandra Cousineau, known as the sports Nistra in town. You can see at the underscore sports nista you can you can reach her check her out uh so good at what she does one of the other things cassandra you're very well versed on and you do a great job of covering uh again you'll see her uh, writing for lvsportsbiz.com with alan snell great stuff you've seen some some of the reels of alan snell another good friend of mine but the wnba it has mm-hmm. been a really an incredible breath of fresh air to our town. What a tragedy for Kobe Bryant to leave this world the way he did when he was one of the greatest sportsmen uh, uh, endorsers of the WNBA. It's going to be hard to replace a guy like that. But the WNBA is morphing without him, which is just incredible. You see the packed house. It was so nice to see a packed house in Connecticut. I understand it here in Vegas. In Vegas, you have a Vegas show and then a basketball breaks game breaks out. But to see the crowds in other in, in other communities enjoying this ba- this yeah. this uh this form of basketball is incredible. This Las yeah. Vegas Aces team, Cassandra, although not deep, built to win and to win right now. And wow, the best product I've seen on the floor since they've been here. Yeah, and the reason why the WNBA has been able to thrive is because of the quality of play of these women. Um, people forget two things. One, a WNBA player is more likely to have a college degree than any athlete in any sport because they don't enter the league early. Most of them actually finish college. Um, And then they are also the most elite in their position when they enter the WNBA because it's so competitive to get in there. There's no like G League for the WNBA, for example. Like you've got to be the best of the best. And when it comes to the Aces, man, they have, what, four all-stars, a whole starting five of Olympians on that team. They are ready to go, but their X factor comes down to Becky Hammond and the adjustments that she's going to have to make. I suspect that they're going to be able to make those adjustments. They got caught slipping in game one, uh, and they got whooped for it, Um, but they have all the talent to overcome it. So that's why I believe they're going to be able to pull it off tonight. If they have to come back to Las Vegas, even though they'll have somewhat home court advantage, because they're not playing at Michelob Ultra when they come back, they'll have to play at MGM because there's some kind of concert going on at Michelob uh, Ultra. So you go from having to sell 10,000 tickets to having to sell 16,000 tickets, which I think they can, um, but it's, it's a different type of atmosphere for them. It's not necessarily their home court, but I expect, Becky to me, and I expect these women to play much better than they did in the first game. And Connecticut shot out of their mind. I mean, are they going to shoot 70% again? I don't think so. No, but Connecticut did win a game five in Chicago, who was, mm-hmm. you know, on paper, the second best team in the WNBA. So sure. if they lose tonight, uh, don't don't think it's a gimme coming back home, as Cassandra That's just right. said. They're going to have their work cut out for them. And uh, finally, Cassandra, this uh, the WNBA, I want to ask you, you got about 30 seconds to tell us. The equality in sports between men and women, especially with the pay, we've heard that for a while. What do you say to somebody that says, you know, the women should be paid equally what the men are paid? What's your response? I think it comes down to any athlete being paid what they're worth in terms of what they contribute. And what these women contribute, like I just said, they are the absolute best in their position in the entire world. There's no comparison to any other sport. There's no development league. They come from college, they get their college degree, and then they are plucked out of that atmosphere being the absolute best that they um, are in their position. Earned it. Not that they deserve it. They have earned it. 
Nope, they really have. Once have again, she under is, 30 seconds. <laughs> you, did, you did a great job. She is Cassandra Cousineau, the sports nista again, at the underscore sportsnista.com. Read and check her out in uh, lvsportsbiz.com. Do, does a great job there. As always, really appreciate you taking the time out, especially the, the morning after a fight to join us. Happy birthday again to your son, and I know we'll see you out there soon. See you soon. Take care, you guys. Absolutely. Hey, that's it for the the 10-year anniversary show. I want to thank everyone for joining the show. Of course, my son sitting next to me. want to thank Chris Wynn, Todd Dewey, Cassandra Cousineau, Chris Chapman back in studio, Spencer the Wiz Ostrowski here with us, taking care of everything, making sure the video portion of the show is on point, which he's done. I'm Brian Feldman.